Welcome to Kingdom News, where you'll hear how God is influencing our region locally and globally. See how the Bible is relevant to today's news and learn how you can be involved with local faith events. Now here's your host, Tony Bosserman. And greetings, brothers and sisters in Christ. Hope your day is going well out there. Kingdom News is sponsored by Epic Bible College. Go to epic.edu and sign up for classes. Well, last night I told you about thousands cheering the Trump inauguration in Nigeria. Well, that's not the only place that people are happy about the Trump administration. And, of course, even while we have demonstrations on the left in this country against the Trump administration, there are people all over the world that are cheering. Conservatives in Europe hope that Trump uh, and his administration might lead to stronger security policies that will help shake up the establishment in their homelands. And, of course, being NATO partners with Europe, you know, that is probable. So the record number of refugees in Europe combined with terror attacks like those in Belgium and Germany makes some conservatives long for change and the kind of change President Donald Trump promises to bring and is bringing to the United States. Several European politicians attended the recent Jerusalem Leaders Summit, according to CBN News, and they look forward to an America under Trump. The Jerusalem Leaders Summit, co-hosted by the International Leaders Summit, brought together conservative political and other leaders from the U.S., Europe, Israel, India, and some other countries to address global threats and security challenges. And uh, one of the individuals said, when you listen to people in the street, they say, we, know, we need also a Donald Trump in Belgium. So they don't know exactly, and they hear only bad news, but they say, we need somebody that's shaking up the system, you know, that's exactly what we are willing to do, shaking up the system. So again, throughout Europe, they see the establishment, much as many voters in this country did, as the problem. And it takes an outsider sometimes to get in there and shake things up. Look at Jesus. You know, he came to a well-established Judaistic religion, you know, that had added and subtracted from God's word. And of course, he said it straight. And in the process, he was excoriated and eventually, of course, crucified. So when you stand up against the establishment, it doesn't make you a lot of friends. And yet Jesus said that we should follow in his footsteps. And, you know, Trump, to a certain degree, is doing that, especially with his policies, you know, out to line any funds for abortion. And, of course, tightening up the border and making the rule of law something that can and should be respected in this country again. And switching to the Middle East, a new Syrian police force trained and equipped by Turkey started work in rebel-held border towns uh, on Tuesday. This is a sign of deepening Turkish influence in northern Syria, where it has helped drive out Islamic State militants in recent months. And casually referred to as the Free Police in reference to the Free Syrian Army, which, of course, the Turkish government supports. Many of these first 450 recruits are former rebel fighters. So you have to see the significance of this. You have a nation, Turkey, 
that is now setting up a police force in another country across the border in Syria. And, of course, they're doing it, arguing that uh, they've got to protect their border. So the new armed security force is made up of regular police and special forces who wear distinctive light blue berets. They are Syrians, but receive five weeks of training in Turkey. Some wear a Turkish flag patch on their uniforms, at the inauguration ceremony at least, and it operates out of a newly opened police station in the Syrian border town of Jarablus. But it hopes to expand into other areas freed from Islamic State militants by Turkey-backed rebels. So FSA Freedom Fighters took Jarablus from Islamic State in August, the first town to fall to Turkey's Operation Euphrates Shield, and we reported on that way back then. But that operation has steadily ousted the jihadists from the Syrian-Turkish border while also preventing Kurdish militias gaining ground in their wake. And Turkey-backed rebels now control a more than 100-kilometer stretch along the Syrian-Turkish border. Now, the police and national security force is a sign of a deepening Turkish influence in North Syria with the new police cars and station having both Turkish and Arabic writing on them. This is significant. Remember, our mission, they say, is to maintain security and preserve property and serve civilians in the areas liberated from the Islamic State, said the police chief. So this is significant because, of course, it says in our Bibles that the little horn in Daniel 7 and 8, whom many theologians believe is also the king of the north, is going to pluck up and subdue three kingdoms. And, of course, south and east of Turkey are three kingdoms that must be restored to Turkish control And, of course, they were under Turkish control uh, for about 600 years under the Ottoman Empire. But they have to be returned to Turkish control. Why? Because it says in your Bible, Daniel chapter 11, verses 40 to 45, that the king of the north is back together again and in power, having enough power to take over the entire Middle East. And so that's the, one of the next uh, major events in prophecy to be fulfilled. It will happen probably simultaneously with the fulfillment of the prophecy in Jeremiah 49, 34, to the end of the chapter. And that, of course, talks about the demise of Elam or you know, modern-day Iran. And so Sunni Islam surrounds Shia Islam and eventually, according to that prophecy in Jeremiah 49, will take over Elam or Iran. And so that uh, is very significant. And just this little push into Syria, controlling the other side of the border, the northern Syria areas there, putting police in force that, of course, are loyal to Turkey, You know, all of this is very cunning, and it's creeping, it's slow, and, of course, it looks harmless. And your Bible says in Daniel chapter 8, speaking of this 
end-time leader, the most powerful human being in the history of mankind other than Jesus Christ, you know, this human being is called a king in Daniel 8.23, and it says, In the latter time of their kingdom, when the transgressors have reached their fullness, a king shall arise, having fierce features, who understands sinister schemes. His power shall be mighty, but not by his own power. And that's a parallel statement to Revelation 13, verse 2. Speaking of the beast, it says the beast is given his power and authority by the dragon, which, of course, is symbolic of Satan the devil. So this king being described here, again, uh, is seemingly the same individual as the beast. He shall destroy fearfully and prosper and thrive. He shall destroy the mighty and also the holy people. So again, this is speaking of the king of the north because he is the one who destroys the holy people. If you look at Daniel eleven forty to 45. And verse 25 says, Through his cunning he shall cause deceit to prosper under his rule, and he shall exalt himself in his heart. He shall destroy many in their prosperity, and he shall even rise against the prince of princes, that's our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, but he shall be broken without human means. So it is his cunning, you see, and his deceit that allows him to prosper according to this prophecy. And so, again, Erdogan, President Erdogan of Turkey, is very slowly but uh, you know, consistently getting more power, becoming a dictator in Turkey, the kind of person that you would expect to fulfill this role, has stated publicly that he wants to, of course, restore the Ottoman Empire, which again would make him uh, pluck up and subdue these three kingdoms of Iran, Iraq, and Syria, Shia Islam. And it'll be done you know, convincing the world that this is what is best for the Middle East. It's what's best for Israel. It will bring peace and stability to the Middle East because it is Shia Islam, you know, uh, sponsoring terrorism, Hezbollah, and, you know, the wars down in Yemen and other places in Africa, etc. So it's going to sound very logical, and it might be even that the Trump administration gets behind this and helps it to happen. As I've said before, Israel and the United States and Europe may help the coming together of the King of the North, and it will come back to haunt us all. But, you know, in the short span, it will look like the right thing to do. And, of course, in the process, this individual is going to then reach out once he controls that area and bring a peace accord with Israel among the Arabian neighbors. So there's a lot to think about there. Hope you'll think about it. And uh, we're going to take a break here now. And when I come back, I'll speak with Charles Morris. And speaking of the Middle East and what's going on there, he's made a trip to the Middle East, and he's going to talk to us about ISIS forces and what is really going on behind the scenes with Christians being persecuted there. That's next on Kingdom News.
And welcome back to Kingdom News. Is this the end of Christianity in the Middle East? That question was posed by the New York Times. And when a respected Christian communicator read that question, he chose to travel to Jordan and Iraq in search of answers. And what he discovered left him amazed and inspired. He's written a book entitled Fleeing Isis, Finding Jesus, The Real Story of God at Work. And his name is Charles Morris. Welcome, Charles. Hi, Tony. It's good to be on with you. Thanks for having me tonight. Yeah, yeah, no problem. So uh, tell everybody quickly uh, what prompted you to travel to the Middle East to meet with Christians there. Well, uh, that New York Times article, uh, which was not written by a Christian author, but posing that question, I couldn't get that off my head. And so I actually got back about a week ago from a third trip to Iraq, but I've also been to Turkey and Jordan. And obviously, if you're in Christian ministry, leading a radio program, uh, you're going to do lots of tours to Israel. So we've had lots of both. What I I found was what a Christian Arab evangelist in Amman, Jordan, told me. He said, we are in the golden age of Islam. I said, what did he mean by that? He said, in the last few years, more Muslims, many through visions and dreams, but more Muslims have converted to Christianity than in the prior 1,400 years combined. I think that's pretty significant. And so I felt like there needed to be a book. So I took a Christian journalist friend with me from uh, England, and we conducted 100 interviews in the Middle East. The result is this book. Uh, and, and what we found was that not just Muslims were becoming Christians, but minority Yazidis uh, were becoming Christians. And what I would describe as nominal Christians, people who would say, yes, my family's been Christians. We've been Christians for centuries. Some of the churches uh, in Syria and also Iraq would date back to the first century of the church, second century of the church. Sure. And yet now when you talk to them uh, after they've escaped from ISIS, they will tell you, they use this phrase, and, and I don't know where it comes from. Uh, they didn't get together and vote because they can't, but they would describe themselves as lovers of Jesus. Amen. So tell everybody about the divide between Christ and Muslims in the Arab world. Well, su- surprisingly, Tony, uh, until you get to the point of ISIS, uh, which wants to stamp out not just Christianity, uh, but anything that has the name Christian. They want to stamp out the Yazidis. There's been genocide there. I've never stood by a mass grave, uh, by a mass grave until a week and a half ago, and it was very sobering. Uh, the big difference would be that uh, Muslims are very open. They're open to dreams. Uh, they are very intrigued with who Jesus is. And if you ask a Muslim, I'm not talking ISIS, if you ask an everyday Muslim, can I pray for you? I'm a Christian. I'm coming from California. They all know California, of course, and Hollywood. They want to be prayed for. And you can even pray for them to have an encounter with Jesus Christ, and they will let you pray that with them. Now, I've ask myself over and over, Tony, why the visions and dreams? When I left secular journalism and went off to seminary in Philadelphia years ago, uh, 
I didn't get that in a systematic theology course. Hmm. I think the reason why God is doing this right now in the Middle East is because they have no Bibles. If you're a Muslim and you get hold of a Bible and take it home and start reading it, in most homes you will be in jeopardy of your life. But you can pray for them. But these people that are having dreams, somehow, I'll call it providence, want to get a hold of a Bible after they've had this dream or visitation of Jesus. And I'll call it providence again. Somehow they find a Bible, and then somehow they make their way to the Gospels, not Leviticus, not the Torah, and they start reading in the Gospels, and there's that guy that showed up in the dream. I think all that's remarkable, and I think it's just truly a work of Almighty God and His power, His Spirit. Absolutely. We're speaking with Charles Morris, author of Fleeing Isis, Finding Jesus. Give everybody an idea of some of the areas geographically that you actually visited in order to make this book. Well, a little bit in Turkey, a lot of Jordan among refugees, uh, Jordan being at this point, I would describe as the most moderate country. ISIS uh, has not been able to pull anything off there. Uh, uh, and then, but primarily, primarily uh, Iraq. Uh, two times in now, I looked for the largest Christian organization at work there. I found out it was Samaritan's Purse. They're doing humanitarian relief. They can't do overt evangelism. They can't do Bible distribution at this point. That could change. Uh, And the country director just spent a week with me both times. Second time, I went back with a Christian journalist. I took a videographer with me. We've put up video there, and, uh, and, and so that's kind of where it came, came about. I think probably uh, in the last few weeks uh, when I was there, uh, I met up with uh, – I was there at Mount Sinjar uh, where the Yazidis were being picked off by ISIS as they first came through. I met with a widow on the north side whose family had bought her back for a king's ransom. 30,000 U.S. dollars. They let her keep her newborn daughter, who's now two years old. They let her keep her son, who's now 11. But three daughters that are now nine, seven, and five, uh, they kept. Wow. And she had just gotten news from another person that had been bought back the week before from her village. She had seen the woman's, the widow's nine-year-old daughter and the nine-year-old, she had seen the nine-year-old being sold on the sexual slavery block of ISIS in Raqqa the week before. And a man had bought this nine-year-old child. Hey, real quickly, Uh, we're almost out of time here. Tell everybody uh, in the audience how maybe we can help uh, the situation in the Middle East and what's going on there. uh, Be informed. Uh, I, I just... Anybody that wants to make a gift to our ministry of any amount, you can just go on our website or call us on the phone, and we'll be happy to send you a copy of this hardback book. That will give you tangible ideas about how the Lord is working, how you might help. But I think it will encourage cushy Christians who are, so to speak, couch potatoes with their faith to realize that God is working there, and if he's working there in the most unlikely of circumstances, he can work in your life where you are, and he can use you to shine his glory 
in California. Amen. Give the uh, website real quickly. It's Haven Today, one word, haventoday.org. Thank you, Charles, for joining us. Tony, good to be with you. Blessings to you. Amen. That was Charles Morris and his book, again, entitled Fleeing Isis, Finding Jesus. You can get a free copy by going to his website, Haven, H-A-V as in Victor, E-N, today, haventoday.org. And you can also make a contribution there to their work. Thanks for listening to another edition of Kingdom News. And, of course, we're on every night from 6 to 6.30. Please continue to pray for your friends, your brothers and sisters in Christ throughout the Middle East, some of these people that uh, Charles was just talking about, whose lives are in jeopardy, who have to ransom just to get their own children back. And don't forget to pray for that permanent solution to mankind's problems. Thy kingdom come.